that. I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and then I want to take just a few moments, and I want to tell you a little bit about our series that we're getting ready to do. Um, I just want to give you a little commercial tonight. And so I, I just felt like that this was the direction of the Lord, especially with all that's going on specifically in our church and then all that's going on in our society right now and our culture, and I thought this was a good time. And it's been, uh, it's been a long, long time and, uh, uh, since I've talked about heaven. We uh, came out with the books on Revelation, and the first book covered Revelation chapter 1 through Revelation chapter 4, and then we came out with the second volume, and it covered the seal judgments. We came out with the third volume, and it went all the way up to uh, judgment seat of Christ and some things like that, but we never really, we never really got to that point where we uh, begin to talk about heaven. And so, I want to take the next few weeks, if the Lord will let us, and I want to just talk to our church about heaven. And I believe it's, I really, I believe it's going to be a blessing. We're going to talk about several things. How about this? Number one, we're going to talk about this tonight: the place. Where is heaven? Where's it at? You say, what's up there? Well, where is it up there? I want to know where it's at. And uh, we had a good time in the office tonight, and Brother Mike said, there's no address, and that's true. He's right about that. There's no address, but we're going to get pretty close tonight. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about the place, and then we're going to talk about the population. Uh, who is heaven for? Who's going to be in heaven? Who's going to make up heaven? And We'll talk about that a little bit. Then we're going to talk about, I like this, and we're going to talk about the paradise. What will heaven be like? Have you ever wondered about that? What's it going to be like, you know? Is it going to be the Hollywood version? You know? We're going to turn into uh, these little chubby, you know, these little chubby cherubs, you know, and we're going to strum a harp, you know, floating on these little clouds the rest of our life, you know, that's what we're going to do. Well, Hollywood's never told you the truth to begin with, so they're not telling you the truth there either. So no, that's not what we're going to do. And uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about the paradise of heaven and what it's going to be like and what it's uh, going to be all about. How about this? I love this one. Number, uh, we're going to talk about the preview, our first day there. Our, have you ever thought about that? When you close your eyes here, and you open your eyes there. Somebody needs to sing that song by the time we get to that one that talks about uh, breathing earthly air on this side and celestial air on the other side and, and uh, holding a hand on this side and holding a nail-scarred hand on the other side. And, uh, and so the preview, our first day, our first day in heaven. Then we're going to talk about the passage, the trip to heaven. What's that going to be like? Uh, you know, the world has their idea of that, you know. I saw a bright light, and the light was, was uh, drawing me to it, you know. And somebody says, Pastor, is there any truth to that? What, what's that all about? And so we're going to talk about the passage. And then, boy, I like this one too. We're going to talk about the protest. Did you know there was a battle in heaven? You say, say What? There was a battle in heaven, and we're going to talk about that, that battle a little bit, and then last of all, oh yes, good neighbor, we're going to talk about the potentate, and who's in charge, who's in charge of heaven, 
And so, uh, anyway, I hope that you will, uh, hope that you'll, you'll be here on Sunday nights, and it's going to be wonderful. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this subject, heaven, the place. Where is heaven? And so, here's the thing, church. I've got tons and tons of notes tonight. And, um, and honestly, I'm looking over the outline before the service, and I'm thinking, Lord, how in the world are we ever going to get to all of these scriptures tonight? And so, I would just say this. Go ahead and lick your finger and get ready to turn, all right? And uh, how, many, how many used to do Bible drills when you were kids? Anybody ever do Bible drills? Yeah. Uh, Bible drills is where they say, close your Bibles, and I'm going to give you the reference, and you have to open your Bible, and the first one to find it gets a, gets a prize, all right? So tonight, first one who finds the first ref- reference gets a water buffalo skin Bible. And no, I'm picking. I'm just picking. And... But we are going to turn to a lot of places tonight, and some of these I'll read, and some of these you need to see, and uh, and that kind of thing. And, and one of these days we'll get one of these days we'll get to that point where we can get every one of these up on the screen for you. But we're not we're not quite there yet. So Second Corinthians chapter twelve in your Bibles. When you find your places, if you're able to stand, let's all stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. If you're able, Second Corinthians chapter number twelve. We're going to read verses one through ten. And then I'm going to pray quickly, and we're going to jump right into the Bible study tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1. Paul says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. By the way, Paul's talking about himself here. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which, is, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You may be seated tonight. I used to, and and I do, I I like to preach a message that has a hook in it. And I'm not exactly sure that this message has a hook in it tonight. And I used to make the mistake of saying, I'm not sure this is going to change your life, but I think it's going to be interesting. Well, I think this is going to be interesting, but I think it's going to change your life because he has promised that his word will never return void. And, uh, and so we're going to give you the word tonight, and, um, and I hope it'll make sense. I hope it'll be a blessing. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, Thank you so much for the wonderful service you've given tonight. I can't believe it's already preaching time. Lord, it seems like the service flew by tonight. Thank you for the great music, choir specials. Thank you for the wonderful special that Miss Marie sang and then Miss Krista. 
Thank you, God, for ministering to us through the music. And now, Lord, as we take just a few moments and we gather as a family, we gather around the word. I pray, Heavenly Father, that this word that our Bible says the natural man cannot receive. I pray that right now, supernaturally, that it will it'll blossom. Lord, that it'll just blow up. I mean, that it'll just it'll get it real to us. And I pray that we'll leave being so full tonight. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts and <clears throat> teach us something. And, Lord, touch us physically tonight and give us a voice, if you would, to, to try to get through this. And, and Lord, I pray that, <clears throat> that Christ will be honored and that if there may be one here tonight that's never been saved and they don't know that they're going to that place called heaven, I pray tonight would be the night that they'd come to the Savior, get saved. And so, Lord, encourage us. Help us to learn about heaven tonight. We love you and ask you for your help and your power. And we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. And so according to Scripture, our Bible says that Paul received an abundance. Notice the word there, an abundance of revelation concerning heaven. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number seven again. Paul, speaking of himself, says this, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance, I've got that underline in my outline, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. In other words, God gave me this thorn to keep my feet on the on the ground to make sure that I didn't get lifted up in pride. In fact, he says it there, lest I should be exalted above measure. And so Paul received an abundance of revelation. The word abundance means this. It means a throwing beyond others, a throwing beyond others. In other words, Paul was saying this. I was allowed, Paul said, I'm not exactly sure why, but I was allowed to see beyond what others have been able to see. It's really interesting too when you start studying this out A lot of scholars believe that Paul's revelation of heaven took place before he began his journeys as a missionary. And I'm going to be honest, if that be the case, and I believe it probably is, if that be the case, man, no wonder that Paul was so consumed about getting the gospel message out to this lost and dying world. Because although he was not permitted to speak of it, Paul had received an abundance of revelation And he knew just how great heaven was going to be for those who were saved. But listen to this. But that means he also knew what people were going to miss if they died lost. And so because of that, Paul was consumed. Paul said, I preach the gospel because necessity is is laid upon me. And I, when I read that, I, I thought about this. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we could pray that God would give us spiritual eyes that we might see beyond this immediate world into another world. You know what I believe, church? I believe if somehow God could give us the, the eyes like Paul to, to see the next world, boy, I believe we'd be a different kind of Christian. No wonder... The Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit said in Colossians chapter three, verse one, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things 
on the earth. Well, let's talk about that a little bit tonight. Let's talk about heaven, the place. Where is heaven going to be? Well, look back at 2 Corinthians 12 in your Bibles and look at verse number two. And Paul says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Look at this last phrase. Paul says, such an one caught up to the third Heaven. Now, I made mention of that this morning in the service. I thought I, I, I told our church I was going to preach on heaven tonight. And I mentioned that there were three. And when I mentioned that, boy, there, was a, there, there were a few looks. But why would Paul mention a third heaven? Which implies that there's definitely more than one heaven. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 27, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. Now, what is this about? What's, what is the third heaven? So if there's a third, that means there's got to be a first, right? And if there's a first, there's got to be a second. And, so, uh, and then there's got to be a third. And so what, what, what is this, this all about? So how about this? Number one, the first heaven is that of the atmosphere. Now, take your Bibles tonight, if you will, and turn over to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, and you can look there very quickly tonight, Genesis 1 and verse number 6, and I want to try to uh, explain this for you, a third heaven, second heaven, first heaven, what in the world is that all about, preacher? Now, are we going to the first heaven, are we going to the second heaven, or are we going to the third heaven? And so, hang, hang in there with me just for a little bit, and so the first heaven is that of the atmosphere. Genesis chapter one and verse number six. The Bible says, and God said, let there be a, notice the word, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. The word firmament means this, it means the expanse. Or it means this, it means the visible arc of the sky. And how many know this? There is a, there is a circle around the earth. It's our atmosphere. God's put it there to protect us. And so the first heaven is that of the atmosphere. But wait a minute, no. How about the second heaven? The second heaven is that of the planetary system. Now, uh, turn way over to Matthew chapter 24 tonight. If you will, Matthew chapter 24. And again, I told you we're going to turn to a lot of places tonight. Matthew chapter 24. And there are uh, quite a few other places that, that we could go tonight. But Matthew 24, look at verse number 29. And notice what our Bible says here. Matthew 24 and verse 29. The Bible says immediately, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from what? Shall fall from heaven and the powers of the what? The powers of the heavens shall be shaken. So this is talking about the moon and the sun. This is talking about the stars and the powers of the heavens. And so this is clearly talking about our solar system. And so we know that the first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is that of the planetary system. But then there is the third heaven. And the third heaven is the abode of God. Now, take your Bibles, turn over to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 8 in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter number 8, and look at verse number 1. Again, I want to give you, I, I don't want you just to take this for word of mouth, I want you to see this for yourself, and sometimes it's good 
for your eyes to, to actually fall upon the scriptures here. Hebrews chapter 8, and look at verse number 1. Somebody says, Pastor, where does God live? Where, where, where does God abide? Well, Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 1. The Bible says, now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. <clears throat> we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty. Where's it at? In the heavens. Turn over one page and look at, look at Hebrew. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and, and look at verse number 24 tonight. Hebrews 9, verse number 24. The Bible says, for Christ... It's not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. And so the third heaven is the abode of God. So the first heaven is our atmosphere. It's the visible, visible arc of the earth. That second heaven would be our solar system, the planetary system where the moon and the stars and the sun are. And then the third heaven is the abode of God. Now, let me just... Uh, take just a few minutes tonight, if I could, and and uh, and we're going to pause before we put anything else on the screen. And I want to just give you some interesting thoughts about the heavens. And Brother Mike alluded to this this morning, and I loved it. I loved what he was uh, teaching this morning. And I want to just sort of add to what he was talking about this morning. And so some interesting thoughts about the heavens. Number one, I wrote this down. God has made it very difficult for us, you and I, to remove ourselves from the first heaven. Now stay with me. God has made it very, very difficult for you and I to leave our earthly atmosphere. And, uh, to move from the first heaven, which is our atmosphere, to the second heaven, which is space. In fact, did you know that actually it's almost virtually impossible for you to leave this atmosphere and go into the second heaven? In fact, to be capable to do that, they tell us this. They tell us that you have to be, you have to be capable of doing something called escape velocity, which means to, act, to exit our atmosphere, you must be moving faster than the speed of a bullet. Experts tell us this. Now, again, this is, this is just interesting stuff, all right? For all of you folks that don't like science, just hang in there with us just for a few minutes tonight, all right? Experts tell us that a vehicle must be traveling at least seven miles per second to achieve orbit. Now, let me tell you what's really interesting about this point that I just brought out. And there may be a few here tonight, but some of the older, some of the older Christians, and, and many of them are passed off the scene now, but I, I can remember, we used to have Brother Mays Jackson every year in our church. And Brother Mays, and I love Brother Mays, and Brother Mays believed this, but some of the older folks believe that the space race is partly to believe for the unseasonable weather that we're having. Some call it global warming. And so I don't know where you fall on that. It doesn't matter. But I, but I, but I, would, I would at least say this, that it does seem, doesn't it at least seem that our seasons are different now? And a lot of the old timers believe this. They believe, that they, they believe that every time a rocket goes into space, that it punches a hole into the Earth's protective atmosphere. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not so sure they're not right. 
it makes perfect sense. God created the atmosphere of the earth to sustain life. Think about it like this. And some of you folks, you have a greenhouse. And so if you build your greenhouse and you've got your plants and your flowers in there and you've got it climate controlled and you can grow certain things in the wintertime when they normally wouldn't grow outside and, and your plants are doing well and your flowers are, are blossoming and they're doing good, if you go through that greenhouse and you begin to poke holes in the ceiling of the greenhouse, guess what happens? The climate control is not controlled anymore. <clears throat> did, you know, did you know our Bible, and this is a totally different study, but did you know our Bible tells us that during the tribulation period that it's going to get so hot on the earth that the sun will scorch men? You say, Pastor, what's, what's going on? Well, I don't know all about that, but I do know this. There's at least a chance. And now... With all that's going on, you've seen the news just in the last few days. Man, we're sending, sending rockets up like crazy. And so, I don't know this is the truth. And, and if you want to debate about it after the service, then go find Brother Mike or something. I'm not going to debate with you about it. And, uh, but, uh, but, but, it, but it does make at least a little bit of sense. That all these rockets, and, and they're saying, well, we're just, we're just going up for 10 minutes. But they're, they're breaking the orbit. And they're going through the orbit and all these rockets are punching holes, punching holes, punching holes, punching holes. And little by little by little, our climate control is going out. Hey, how about this? Number next is the second heaven is vast. I'm talking about our planetary heaven. I'm talking about just our solar system. Now, we really don't really know a whole lot past our solar system, but our solar system is incredibly large. Now, when I begin to think about large, I want to, you know, whenever I think about that, use that term large, well, I want to I, I know what that means. And so I want to see if I can put that in, into some perspective for you tonight. The solar system that we live in is incredibly large. And so listen to this. NASA conceived what they called the New Missions Horizon, or the New Horizons Mission, uh, which in 2006, they launched a probe toward Pluto in 2006. That probe was traveling at 36,400 miles per hour. I'm going to be honest with you, church. I can't even hardly fathom that. I know there's a few of you have been that used to race and, and some of you have been in some cars and you've went over 100 mile an hour. That's fast. A few of you have went down here and did this Richard Petty driving experience and you've did 150, 160 or whatever the case may be. That's fast. But I can't imagine going 36,400 miles per hour. And that probe traveling at that speed took almost 10 years to get to Pluto. I'm thinking, do what? <laughs> that don't even make any sense to me. And so before Brother Tim and Miss Hannah left, we, I was studying on this lesson and, and one night we were sitting around the house and I was telling them a little bit about this and, and I said, Tim, I said, I want you to help me. I said, I want you to help me figure this out because I'm, I'm having a hard time. 36,400 miles per hour. And I said, I want you to try to help me figure out what that means, how long it would take to go from North Carolina to Los Angeles, California, 
and I'm not positive this is right, but to the best that we could figure, at that rate of speed, you would go from North Carolina to Los Angeles, California in 0.7 seconds. Not seven seconds, 0.007 seconds. And yet, even going at that rate of speed, it took 10 years to get there. I'm thinking, what? How how can that? Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just a country boy, and that blows my mind. How could God create something that vast? And yet, Calvary, you got to see something. you got to see this. Take your Bibles tonight and turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter number 40, and look at verse number 12. And so the, the second heaven is vast. It's vast. But look at Isaiah chapter 40 in your Bibles, and, and look at verse number 12, if you will, tonight. Listen, we're not going to be long. My voice is not going to let us be long tonight. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 12. You've got to see this, church. I mean, this is awesome. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 12. If you found your place, say amen. Look at this. The Bible says, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Y'all know what that's talking about? It's talking about the seas that cover our earth. And the Bible says about our God that he has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. But look at this. The Bible says, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span. Y'all know what a span is? <laughs> That's a span. From the tip of your little finger, yes, to the tip of your thumb. And my God is so amazing. And he is so incredible that God says, I, I've created a, a solar system that took a little probe going 36,400 miles an hour, took 10 years to get to the planet, and God said the whole solar system, he said, I measure it with the span of my hand. Is that awesome or what? And so the, the second heaven is vast. How about this? The third heaven seems to be beyond all of these. Hebrews chapter four and verse number 14 If you want to turn there, you can. Hebrews chapter four, verse number 14. And I'm gonna go ahead and read while you're finding your place. The Bible says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Man, that's just amazing stuff. And so the first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is our planetary system. And the third heaven is the place where God abides. And it's that place where we will be. So I want to give you just three simple thoughts and we're going to let you go to the house. Number one is this. The third heaven is unreachable for the lost. It's unreachable for the lost. Now you're in Hebrews, so turn over just a few more pages to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21, look at verse number 23 tonight. Revelation 21 and verse number 23. And and, uh, notice what our Bible says here. Revelation 21 verse 23. The Bible says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Look at verse 24. And the nations of them which are what? Which are, what is it? The nations of them which are what? 
saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. For there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Listen to me. The third heaven is unreachable for the lost. Now, you may get in a, uh, I don't even know what uh, the new, what, you remember, what's the new rockets that they're sending up right now? Anybody, anybody got that off the top of your? Falcon, there you go. And, uh, and uh, what's the dude's name that's sending those things up? Elon Musk, yes, thank you. And, uh, and so they're sending those things up. And they say, I don't know this, don't know how many of this, but they say it costs about $250,000 uh, that if you've got two hundred fifty grand that you want to throw away for a 10-minute ride, that uh, you can do it. And I won't tell you what, but that's the most expensive theme park ride you'll ever, that you'll ever go on. And, uh, but listen to me now. You can go up on any of these rockets that you want to, but I'm telling you, if you are lost, you'll never make it to the third heaven. You may, you may get into the first heaven and you may even break that first heaven and make it as difficult as it is. You may make it into the second heaven, but I can guarantee you this, you'll never make it to the third heaven. You never will. Did you know there's a story in Genesis chapter 11? You don't have to turn there, but in Genesis chapter 11, there was a group of folks that got together and their idea was this, we're gonna build a tower and we're going to build it to the heavens. And we don't need anybody's help to do it. We've got the willpower. We've got the knowledge, the intelligence. And they begin to build that Tower of Babel. You know the story, don't you? They begin to tilt, build that Tower of Babel. And that was an attempt that we're going to get to heaven and we don't need anybody's help. And I'm just telling us tonight, church, that if you're here tonight and you're lost without Christ or you're watching this live stream tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I love you to death tonight. But I'm just telling us that if you are lost, if you don't know Christ and you may be a teacher and you may be a charter church member and you may, uh, listen, you may be a good citizen and all these things, but if you are lost and undone without Christ, you'll never reach the third heaven. You never will. So number one, the third heaven is unreachable for the lost. Number two, well, I sure am thankful for this one. The third heaven is far from the problems of the earth. Look at Revelation 21 again, and look at verse number two. Oh, this is a blessing. Revelation 21, verse number two, John and I, John, saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Look at verse four. Wow. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Hey, church, have you ever done this? Have you ever had a rough, rough situation in your life? And you just wanted, honestly, you just wanted to get as far away from it as you could. 
That's why our Bible says that heaven's gonna be a third heaven. It's gonna be so far away from the problems of this earth. Do you know that when most, I thought about this, when most people are looking for a rest and vacation, uh, we've got folks vacating right now and folks come to say, preacher, we're gonna, not gonna be here. And I'm like, where are you gonna be? Well, we're going on vacation. And I'll say, where are you going? And hardly ever does anybody say, well, we're going right across the road. That's where we're going. Right across the driveway is we're going to go where we're going to go vacate. You don't do that. You know what? If you want to get away from it all, the, all the humdrum and the, and the, and the daily grind and, and all those things, you know what you do? You travel a ways away. And often, the further away you travel, the more exotic and beautiful the environment becomes. My wife and I, on our 11th anniversary, we decided to go to a place called Maui, Hawaii. And so we uh, booked it and went down to Charlotte, North Carolina. We got on a, a plane in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we flew about 45 minutes or an hour to Atlanta, Georgia. And then we got on another plane in Atlanta, Georgia, and we flew about four or five hours to Los Angeles, California. And then we got on another plane in Los Angeles, California, and we flew 2,000 miles over the Pacific Ocean. Nothing in sight except blue water. And we flew to a place called Maui, Hawaii. It took us 11, finally it took us 11 hours flying. It took us 11 hours to get there. But you, did you know this? The further away we got, oh my goodness, the more beautiful it became. In fact, I remember we were, uh, that was our first time really, that was our first time traveling across, the, uh, across America. We were like a bunch of kids. And we had our noses up against the windows and the plane as we were going over the Mojave Desert. We were just, I mean, we were spellbound. And I know folks were laughing at us. And, and then we took off from Los Angeles and started making our way to Hawaii. And, uh, and I remember as we got close to the islands, I, I remember you begin to hear chatter. And folks said, there it is. There it is, there it is. Look, it's beautiful. And my wife and I, man, we begin to look out those windows and I'm telling you that aqua, coral, beautiful waters, I mean, you could see straight through it and, and we landed there in Maui, Hawaii and, and uh, boy, when we landed, I thought, man, I know why they call this place paradise. It was gorgeous. Church, I'm gonna tell you something. One of these days, we're going on a long trip. Far away, from cancer, far away from Alzheimer's, far away from nursing homes, far away from divorce, far away from drug addiction. Yes, good neighbor. Far away from alcoholism and gang members, far away from politics and taxes, far away from coronavirus. And I don't know, I don't know that it's going to be this way, but we do believe there's going to be a, a heavenly hospitality team that's going to usher us over there. And maybe, just maybe, as we're getting a little bit close, we're going to start hearing the chatter and they're going to say, there it is, there it is, there it is. It's beautiful. And so the third heaven is unreachable for the lost. The third heaven is far from the problems of the world. 
Oh, yeah. But number three, the third heaven is near for the child of God. So 50 years ago, there was a Russian cosmonaut by the name of Yuri Gagarin. He was supposedly the first man that they ever launched into outer space. And when Yuri Gagarin came back from that, being the first man to orbit the earth, he came back with what they called a Soviet-style message, and it said this, I looked and looked and looked, but I didn't see God. Yuri, I got news for you. You didn't go far enough. You may think you were something because you made it through the first one and you even got a little bit into the second one, but it's a long ways to the third one. And I've got something else I want to say to Yuri. If you're lost, you'll never see the third heaven. You say, preacher, how, how, how near is heaven going to be for the child of God? And I'm going to put it like this. For the child of God, the third heaven is just a breath away. You say, Pastor, is it going to be a long trip? It's going to be like Peter Pan. They're going to come, you know, spoofle, you know, uh, uh, pixie dust on us, and, and then we're going to, you know, we're going to fly, 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 you know, to uh, Neverland, and it takes a little while uh, to get there, you know. No, I don't think so at all. Somebody says, Pastor, how fast will the, will the Christian transition to heaven? And here's the answer. How long does it take you to swallow? Take your Bibles and turn over. We're done. Take your Bibles, turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God showed me this this week, and I want to share it with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And look, if you will, at verse number 1 tonight. And I've got so many scriptures here tonight, and I won't give them all to you tonight, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 1 Paul said, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Paul said, for in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall be found naked. For we that are, uh, for we that are in this tabernacle to groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, look at this, but clothed upon that mortality, that's you and me, that's where we live now, that mortality might be, what's the word? Swallowed up of life. It's done. As fast as you can swallow, that'll be as fast the trip is to heaven. You'll be there. That's how near heaven is gonna be. Turn over quickly tonight. Turn over to Revelation chapter four. Revelation chapter number four. If you're taking notes, you can write down 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 53. You can write down Luke 23, 39 through 43. You can write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. But I don't have time to give all those to you tonight. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. Pastor, how near is heaven, the third heaven for the believer? Revelation chapter four, verse number one, John said, after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither 
And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Look at verse two. And the Bible says, and, what's the next word? Immediately. I was in the spirit and behold a throne. By the way, there's no mistaking where he was. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Listen, if you're lost, you'll never reach the third heaven. But if you're saved, it's very near. It's very near. I read a funny story this week. There was a guy that found out it was his time to go to heaven. And so he begged the Lord. He said, Lord, he said, please, let me, let me take something with me. And the Lord said, no, sir. No, 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 you're not. And he said, please, Lord, please. He, he said, please, I, 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 you're gonna take me to heaven. He, he said, let me take something with me. And man, he just kept asking and asking and asking. Finally, God said, okay, I'm a, I'll let you take one thing, one thing. And so the guy went and he got his big duffel bag and he just filled the thing heaping full of gold. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't hardly carry the thing, got filled up. And so he goes to heaven and he gets ready to go into heaven and the angels, the TSA in heaven, the angels stopped him. And they said, sir, you're not allowed to bring that into heaven. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. He said, no. He said, the Lord told me I could, I could bring it. And so... The angel said, well, I guess we'll make an exception. He said, by the way, what do you got in there? And so he opened his bag and the angel looked in and he said to the other angel, oh, don't worry about it, it's just pavement. (laughs) Now, those who didn't get that tonight, you'll get that on the slow train tomorrow. (laughs) We're gonna walk on what they fuss over here in heaven. A grandpa and his little granddaughter we're walking one night. It was so clear. And I love to do this too. Have you ever walked where there's not a lot of light and you just looked up and man, you ever been blown away by just the second heaven? And they're walking and they are looking up at space and the stars are so bright. They're just glistening. And the grandpa was explaining the constellations to his little granddaughter. And he'd say, no, honey, right there's the North Star and right there's the Big Dipper. And, and he was naming the distant, uh, different con- constellations. And the little granddaughter got a big smile on her face. Oh, yes. And she said, Grandpa, Grandpa. She said, at the bottom of heaven is this beautiful. I wonder what the top side looks like. Hey, Calvary, I wonder what the top side looks like. I don't know, but I know one thing. I'm going. Are you going? Do you know that 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 you're going? You say, Pastor, no one can know. According to my Bible, yes, you can. You can know. And it's not in a baptistry, and it's not in a pulpit, and it's not in a charter membership. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure that you're born again, boy, I want to encourage you to come tonight. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together tonight. And God, I wish I'd have had full voice to do this tonight, but that's all right. You've got a perfect plan, a perfect purpose.
And I believe we got the message, even, even with the way it's been. God, as I'm preaching tonight, and as I'm finishing, I almost felt like saying, I'm ready to go right now. Lord, with all the trouble, with all the turmoil, with all the constant problems, I don't think it'd be so bad just to head to the third heaven tonight. Lord, if there's one here that's a good person, they may be a church member, but they don't know that they're gonna spend eternity in that third heaven. Lord, before this service ends, I pray that they will make their way to an old-fashioned altar and come to know Christ as personal Savior. Lord, thank you for heaven. Thank you that John 14 promises us that you've went away to prepare us a place and one of these days you're going to receive us to be in that place with you. Lord, I pray that you'll have your way in the invitation. Lord, maybe we have loved ones that we know of tonight. They're not on their way to that third heaven. And Lord, maybe it would be appropriate for some folks just to come tonight and get around this altar and pray and mention their name to the Lord of Lords and say, God, would you save them? Lord, would you give me the opportunity to witness to them, to give a track to them? Lord, I want them in heaven with me one day. So Lord, I pray that you'd have your way in this invitation, please. And we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. A question quickly. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, beyond a shadow of any doubt, I know I'm headed to that third heaven. I know that I am. I've been born again. I know that I'm saved. If you can honestly say that between you and Christ, you just slip your hand up tonight. As soon as you raise it, you can lower it right back down again. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this, though. We had several, several hands raised this morning. I wonder if there may be one here tonight would say, Brother Paul, preacher, if I died tonight, I'm going to be honest. I don't know for sure that I'm going. Preacher, I'm sure I want to go. Man, what you preached about tonight, and by the way, church, we're just getting started. You say, what you preached tonight sounds like such a wonderful place. And I'm 100% sure I want to go, but I'm, a, I'm not 100% sure I would go. And pastor, I want you to pray for me. And you'd slip your hand up right now. If that's you, just raise it up. Bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Is there another? Is there another? I want to pray for you. Can I do that? Can I pray for you right now? Pastor, I'm not 100% sure. I'm 100% sure I want to go. I'm just not 100% sure I'm going to go. And I want you to pray for me. Is there another? Can I pray for you? Let me ask this. How many of you here tonight, you'd say, preacher, I've got a loved one, maybe a mom, maybe a dad. I've got a child. Uh, I'm burdened about maybe a coworker, neighbor. And preacher, I'm going to be honest, I don't think they know Christ as Savior. 
And boy, I want to see them saved. And if that's you tonight, you just slip your hand up right now and say, Preacher, I've got somebody on my heart tonight. You know, church, it might not be a bad idea for you just to make your way down here to the altar and do business with the Lord for them tonight. It's what we call intercessory prayer. I'm going to ask our personal worker team if they very quietly make their way to the front. Father, we need your help tonight. God, as soon as, and really before we concluded the message, I could feel the working of the Holy Spirit. God, as soon as I started praying at the close of the message, Lord, I I sense the presence of God here tonight. Lord, I'm so thankful for what you did this morning. I'm so thankful for the hearts that you worked in. Mine was one of those, by the way. I thank you for speaking to my heart. And and God, I was so challenged this morning. God, I pray tonight you do your handiwork again. Lord, save those that may be lost without Jesus. And I pray tonight, Lord, that they would come. And Lord, let us take a Bible and show them how they can know that they're going to heaven when they die. Then, Lord, I pray others would come, and many already have. And I pray that tonight they'll mention a loved one to you. God, give us a burden for the lost. Please do that. Give us spiritual eyes. Help us get our eyes off this present world. And God, help us get our eyes on the next world and get burdened about souls. Have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, I pray. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And Brother Abel's playing, and we'll sing in a minute. And if you're here tonight, you'd say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. Would you just step out right now and come? Would you come? Would you come? I tell our people this all the time. If you'll take the first step, God will help you with the second one. And we, we want to just take a, a Bible and just show you from the Bible how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. So while we pause just for a moment, in the quietness of the moment, would you come? Would you come? Lord, give them boldness tonight. God, give them courage. Father, if you burden the heart of someone tonight about a loved one, Lord, I pray that they'll bring that loved one's name to you tonight. Lord, would you help us to be soul winners? Father, help us to help us to be diligent in carrying the gospel to this lost and dying world. I pray you would. God, have your way in the invitation. Lord, speak to hearts, please. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Lord, do it. Oh, God, do it tonight. God, we need your help. Father, I pray you do great things tonight. Oh, God, could we just bathe this place in prayer this evening? God, help us at Calvary not to be satisfied with mediocrity and just getting by. God, we got to have more than that. Lord, work in hearts. Save the lost. Have your way, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Amen. Amen. Folks are coming. Folks are coming.
Hallelujah. What a God. What a God. I wish I had a voice to shout tonight. What a God. If you're watching the live stream, we're so thankful to have you watching tonight. On the bottom of your screen tonight, there's a number. It's our prayer helpline, 704-327-5662. And we have some folks that are waiting by the phones right now. They're waiting. And if you're watching this broadcast and you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, I want you to call that number on your screen right now. I want you to call it. And we have some folks that want to pray with you. If you're watching this broadcast tonight and you have a heavy, heavy burden, preacher, I'm just so burdened down with some things that are going on in my life. I need someone to help me pray. If you'll call that number, we'd love to walk through that valley with you tonight. Would you call? Would you call? Let's just keep our heads bowed for a little bit. Amen. Father, thank you for letting us. Thank you for letting us benefit from your word. Thank you for giving us an incredible word. And God, thank you for your tremendous spirit that's here tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help those tonight that need to make a decision for Christ. God, I pray tonight they'd come. Father, maybe someone needs to rededicate their life to Christ. Maybe they've been walking afar from you for a long, long time. Tonight's a night of rededication. I pray they'll come and make that commitment. Maybe there's someone here tonight, Lord, that has been saved, but they've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And they need to take that first step of obedience. Father, I pray you'd help them to come. Maybe there are those here tonight, Lord, that are not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. And you're leading them to join with this local body. God, I pray you'd help them to come. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Father, help them tonight, I pray. And we thank you. 